we just knew when that tower collapsed that we were going to be playing very active roles as officers in the U.S. Army. And within a couple hours, we actually had a real-world briefing at our ROTC headquarters on campus where the commander of our ROTC battalion gave us a real-world breakdown as much as he knew, but also did just kind of confirm what we were thinking when we saw the, the tower collapse, which was we just became officers in the U.S. Army during a time of war. For almost all Americans, 9-11 is the seminal event in the history of our country. For the first time since December 7, 1941, the U.S. mainland was attacked. 9-11 unleashed forces and changes in America, unlike since the 20 years of the Great Depression and World War II. This special six-part podcast series will look at these changes from the perspective of compliance professionals who are impacted by 9-11 and the changes to their areas of compliance. Hello, this is Vin DeCiani, founder and president of Affiliated Monitors. On September 11, 2001, it was a few years before I started the company. I was still working as an attorney in a Boston law firm. That morning, I was taking a deposition in our conference room at 50 Rose Wharf, which looked out at the Boston Harbor towards Logan Airport. It was around 8.45 a.m. when we looked out at the airport and noticed that all of the air traffic had stopped. Since Logan's a busy airport, it was very strange and disconcerting. Even the usual boat traffic on the harbor had stopped that morning. We then noticed some snipers on the top of the new U.S. courthouse, which we faced. We knew something was wrong then. When we finally started watching the news, reality hit home. I lost my childhood best friend that day, who was killed when a plane hit the second tower. It was such a profoundly sad day that will remain with me forever. I hope you find this special podcast series moderated by Tom Fox and sponsored by Affiliated Monitors to cause you to remember that impactful day. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox, and I'd like to welcome you to our final episode in this special podcast series on looking back at 9-11. Today, I am honored to have with me John Lee Dumas. John is podcaster with Entrepreneurs on Fire. I've had the privilege of hearing John tell his story a little bit, so I asked him if he would tell us to conclude this most personal podcast series for me. So, John, first of all, thank you so much for taking the time to visit with me today. Tom, thank you for having me on, brother. I really commend you for what you're undertaking here. I know this is a difficult subject for a lot of people, myself included, but it's important to talk about this stuff. It's important to remember this stuff, and it's important to you know share our thoughts and feelings. So thank you. John, could you tell us where you were on the morning of 9-11 and your recollections of that day? So September 11th, 2001, I was a senior in college at Providence College. I was in my fourth year as a ROTC cadet, so my final year as a Army ROTC cadet at Providence College. And I remember I woke up in the morning and one of my roommates you know, said, hey, turn the TV on because he had been talking on the phone. And we turned the TV on and we just saw, you know, the 
tower smoking and very shortly after that collapsing live on the television screen. And I actually had a direct roommate of mine in my six-person on-campus apartment who was also an ROTC. And I'll never forget, we looked at each other and we both knew without saying anything that our next four years of active duty army experience went from being in the peacetime army to looking like we were going to war of some kind, whatever that was going to look like. We just knew when that tower collapsed that we were going to be playing very active roles as officers in the U.S. Army. And within a couple hours, we actually had a real-world briefing at our ROTC headquarters on campus where the commander of our ROTC battalion gave us a real-world breakdown as much as he knew, but also did just kind of confirm what we were thinking when we saw the, the tower collapse, which was we just became officers in the U.S. Army during a time of war. And that was my major recollection of the day was just the feeling in the room of everybody being like, things just changed in an instant. That obviously changed the way you prepared in your last semester of college. And you did go into combat. I don't think in Afghanistan, I've heard you talk about Iraq, but I really wanted to ask you about the leadership lessons you learned from the Army and in combat and, and how you're able to use those in your professional life going forward. One of the biggest lessons I learned immediately upon being an officer in the U.S. Army and taking over my platoon, which was four tanks, M1A1 Abrams, and 16 men, and being a tank commander, was I was one of the least knowledgeable person, people within my own platoon about how a tank worked, the best operations, how to drive a tank, how to load the sable rounds, how to actually fire the weapon, how to navigate. I was one of the least experienced and knowledgeable people in my platoon, yet I was the platoon leader at 22 years old. That's how the military works. And I learned right at the beginning, I needed to stand upon the shoulders of giants. I needed to go to my at the time, who seemed like an old man, my 37-year-old platoon sergeant, who now that I'm 41, I'm like, <laughs> he was a little baby. But at the time, I was like, wow, I got to go to old platoon sergeant Walker with humility and humbleness and say, platoon sergeant, you've been doing this now for 20 years because he had joined the military at 18 years old. I've been doing this for two months. What do I need to know? Like, How can you respectfully in front of the men, how can you respectfully be my mentor? And he really appreciated the fact that I was not trying to pretend like I knew what I didn't know and going to him for advice. And, and that was a big lesson in um, standing upon the shoulders of giants and learning from those who have been there, done that with experience. And another great lesson I learned was a good decision now is better than a great decision later. And a lot of people I see in the entrepreneurship and business world are just paralyzed trying to make a great decision. Just like their general Patton trying to make the one decision that's gonna win the war. Well, guess what? If you try to wait around in war while the bullets are flying to make a great decision, you and probably other people are gonna die because time is everything and action is everything. And so just coming up with a good decision and implementing it right now that's going to be the fraction that separates life and death for a lot of people. 
I learned that firsthand, and that is something that will always stay with me. And so I took that lesson from the military and applied it to entrepreneurship. And I said, you know what? I'm not going to sit around and try to make a great decision on this aspect of my podcast, on that aspect of my business, on this aspect of this. I'm just going to make a, a good decision, take action, and if I need to adjust later, I will. I've also heard you talk about death in combat and losing men. I was wondering if you could say a few words about that, how you brought your team together, your, your platoon together after that, and how you were able to move forward under those circumstances. Death is so final. When you see death up close, it is just so final. Like it's somebody you had breakfast with that morning. They were talking about their hopes, their dreams, their aspirations, what they were going to do when they got back that evening, what they're going to do when they get back home from combat. And then all of a sudden it's over. None of that is going to happen. None of their hopes, none of their dreams will ever be realized. There's just such a finality to it all that it really made me at such a young age, 22 and then 23 years old while I was in Iraq, it made me pledge to myself to never forget, number one, of course, the sacrifice that these soldiers make, but never forget, two, just the finality of death and how we can all have the best of intentions, but if we don't take action on them, death can wipe those best intentions away and you can be left essentially having never done or accomplished anything that you set out to do in this life so quickly. And that really just always put this kind of ticking time bomb mentality in my mind of if I'm not enjoying something, if I'm not really feeling like this is the right path for me, I'm not going to waste any more time futzing around having the sunk cost fallacy of, oh, I spent $20,000 for this semester of law school. That means I need to spend the next 40 years of my life being a miserable lawyer. No, like this is just not working for any number of reasons. I made a good decision of what I thought at the time was the right decision, ended up being the wrong decision. And now I'm not going to compound that mistake by staying in this bad place because I know life is short. I know death is final. I'm going to go off and try something different. And that might be a mistake too. And I did that for six years. Like for six years, I kept making what at the time I thought were good decisions that ended up being not great decisions and not good decisions and bad decisions in some cases. But I kept being willing to pull back and say, let's try again until I finally made a great decision. And it took six years to make my first great decision. But that great decision has led you know, to the last 10 years of living the exact life that I want to live. And for that, I'll forever be grateful. John, we've had some pretty poignant scenes on television from the fall of Afghanistan and the evacuation of Kabul. And I'd like to conclude by asking you, 20 years later, what are your reflections on 9-11? And more importantly, what should Americans remember now? My reflections on 9-11 was, you know, just travesty, terror, confusion, panic, nobody really knowing what was coming next. You know, of course, you can look at them now as the isolated incidents that they were at the time, but, you know, nobody knew if this was going to be happening every day for the next month, every week for the next year. Nobody knew. And so, you know, I will say that the, the major message that I do want to pass across for people today is 
something that was really obvious to me living in Iraq for 13 months and living in a world where there really was no police. There really was no law. There really was no cohesion. There was no repercussions. Is that this is the home of the free because of the brave. So, you know, as, as imperfect as every human being is, whether it be military, police, any kind of enforcement of any kind, every human being has flaws. But so few people have ever experienced what true lawlessness is. And until you experience that, it's hard to really appreciate what we do have here. But, you know, this is a great country and it is the home of the free because of the brave. And I hope that's just something that we will always remember. John, I can't think of a better way to end this podcast series. And really from the bottom of my heart, I really uh, thank you for your service. And thank you for talking to me about your experience for this podcast series. Tom, thank you for having me, brother. Have a great day. This is Tom Fox. I cannot think of a better way to have ended this podcast series than to have had John Lee Dumas on about his experiences in the wake of 9-11. He was a college senior when 9-11 occurred. He was in ROTC, and he knew the minute he saw the second plane crash into the Twin Towers, he was going to war. Can't think of a more dramatic impact than that. But the lessons he learned in the military are important and can be used by every compliance professional. The first thing was about making decisions. You don't have to make a great decision. You have to make a good decision. Take the information that you have at your fingertips and make the best decision you can. If your decision was not correct, you move on from that. The second thing was that he recognized as an officer in charge of the tank platoon that he led, he knew less than everyone in the tank platoon. And he went to his master sergeant to mentor him so that he could lead his men into battle, hopefully safely. That's also a very valuable lesson for every compliance practitioner. You may not know as much as the first line of defense or the operational people in your company, but it's up to you to learn what they need and how to lead them. And finally, if something is not working, you can change that. He learned from his experience in watching men die in combat that life is not only short, but it's final. And I think that's a lesson that we all should remember. He's made a couple of career changes doing what he loves now. And I hope you love being a compliance professional or whatever profession you're in. And John really has lived that in the 20 years since he went to war in Iraq. And finally, his reflections on 9-11 20 years later. We are the land of the free because of the brave. And in compliance, that translates to fighting the international scourge of bribery and corruption, that you as a compliance practitioner can engage in that fight every day. You can help make the world a better place by doing compliance. We may not solve the problem, but together we can all be a part of that fight. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast series as much as I have interviewing guests and producing it. It's been an incredibly moving experience for me 
And I hope that it has been a moving experience for you. 9-11 is a seminal event in the lives of most Americans now, and I am one of those people. Looking back 20 years later, you see what we did right, and more importantly, what we did wrong. and What can we do better into the future? I think all of this has been capped by the fall of Afghanistan and the pictures we saw about the evacuations out of Kabul, and we have to do better the next time. Thanks again for listening to this series or watching it if you watched it on YouTube. I can't say it's been the most important thing I've done in the podcast world, but it's been the most personal. And I hope you have enjoyed the personal nature of not only the guests, but their reflections. Thanks again. This series was produced by the team at One Stone Creative, proud partner of the Compliance Podcast Network. Listen to more excellent podcasts at compliancepodcastnetwork.net and learn about One Stone Creative at onestonecreative.net.